This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's betting the ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, guys, it is betting the ponies right here on the Bet Rivers Network. Monzo, the Moose, Mark Malusis, and Moose. We have arrived. It is Kentucky Derby Saturday approaching. Oh, it's so good. It's awesome. I mean, this is why you love thoroughbred racing. There's not many there's not many days on the calendar that you look forward to when you're when you're a racing fan and and this is one of them. Oaks Day Friday, Derby Day Saturday. You got racing that starts at like ten o'clock in the morning Eastern time. You got full fields. You got great value. You've got a tremendous pools in ster- in terms of the amount of money bet into them. Great value. It's it's really a handicapper's paradise. It's it's a chance. I, I always say it's a chance to take a hundred bucks and make some real money off it if you if you get lucky. And that's what we're looking to try and do this yeah, weekend. That's what we're looking to try and do. Here's what we're going to do for you guys. We're going to give you a pick or two on. Kentucky Oaks. We'll go through that race. It's pretty good. And go through all the graded stakes races on Saturday and close it out with the Kentucky Derby itself. We're going to bring in Kenny Peck from the Daily Racing Forum. He's going to go through each horse and give his thoughts on the race. A full 20-horse field filled with three-year-olds, promising horses, uh, and a lot of value in that race, Moose. But Moose, race 11 on Friday, today, if you're listening, uh, or yesterday, hopefully you had the winner, uh, is the Grade One Kentucky Oaks for Phillies three years old? The best Phillies right now in the country, Moose. And uh, we've talked about a lot of these horses on this podcast: the Alice Look, Gambling Girl, South Lawn, Wonder Wheel, uh, Wet Paint, obviously, and multiple other ones. And what I like about this race, Moose, full field. You know, you got a full field. Anything can happen. Uh, a lot of prices. Wet Paint is your five to two morning line favorite. Uh, who do you like? Where'd you land? I land on the four South Lawn, eight to one on the morning line. Uh, Norm Cassie, Ray uh, Lou Gutierrez on board. I just like the fact third for, third start off of the form cycle has improved each of the last two races. Can win in a number of different ra- ways. First race off the bench in February, won on the lead. Second race in the fairgrounds, Oaks won at seven to one, and won it uh, pretty decisively by over three lengths. Um, I think an improving Philly, uh, a daughter of of Pioneer of the Nile. Um, I, I just I like everything about it. I, I don't love wet paint at seven to two. I don't think there's a a buyer speed figure or five to two. I don't think there's a buyer speed figure advantage for wet paint. Respect the fact that she won and was three for three in Arkansas at Oklahoma Park. Two of those three races were on wet ter- on wet on a wet track and a sloppy track. One of them being sealed. I'm all over the four South Lawn at eight to one. Yeah, wet paint uh, certainly had some setups for her. Uh, slop certainly ran well in the slop, three for three in, the, in, in on wet tracks, and last out. I had Oakland in the fantasy. Just uh, they went really fast up front, and Flavian Pratt, one of the best riders in the country, took advantage of that and closed like a freight train. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go with a horse that's I think being overlooked here, and the reason this horse is being overlooked is she hasn't performed very well this year, and that's Wonder Wheel, uh, your two-year-old uh, Brutus Cup Philly champion. Uh, the the reason I, I like this horse is first off, horse for the course. This is the the where she did a lot of her early damage in her career. I like the fact that uh, Mark Cassie goes to Joel Rosario, thinking my thought process is this horse just needs to be willed down the stretch and, and hasn't done that much this year. And he brings in the best closing uh, runner, uh, rider in the country. That's Joel Rosario. When when he gets to the outside and he's got to get a little extra out of the horse, uh, he gets it. And the other thing is, I like the works. The works at Churchill have been very good. Uh, this horse has the talent. Uh, came out in her uh, debut this year in the Sun Coast. Ran pretty well and, and just just didn't have much less that. I'm going to put a line to that race. And I think you're getting a lot of value at 12-1 to on a horse that has shown she can win a big race. And she gets an A-level rider here. Uh, Wonder Wheel is my, my topic in this race. I'm also going to go to the outside. Look at pretty mischievous. 
who, again, has done nothing wrong. I, I mean, even in her last out in the loss to, to, uh, to Southlawn in, in the Fairground Oaks, uh, you know, she bobbled at the start. She was a little wide. They had the blinkers here. I know she draws the outside, but I think she's going to be close up. And at 10 to 1, I'm certainly going to use her. But my top pick is Wonder Will. I really like her in this race. And uh, look, you box our two horses, 10 to, uh, 12 to 1, 8 to 1, Moose. Nice exacta. Yeah, I mean, I, I would throw in the seven wet paint, five to two on the morning line, and I'd also get a little, little bit of love to the three gambling girl uh, coming out of Aqueduct, fifteen to one on the morning line. Pletcher, Rapoli, Irad Ortiz, um, out of dialed in. I think bred to to run the mile and eighth. I just think is as a tick slow when it comes to it, but I would not be all that surprised if, if she rounds out the exotic, exotics, whether it be the trifecta or superfecta, superfecta, I would throw in Gambling Girl. A lot of other good stakes races on Friday, and check out our social media pages, our Twitter pages for picks uh, for those races. Uh, we will move on to Saturday Moose, and there's a lot of great graded races. Oh, it's like Christmas it, morning. It is, and they start at 12 or 4 Eastern is your first graded stakes race on a Saturday. So, uh, your first graded stakes race Saturday is the Derby City Distaff, seven furlongs for fillies and mare, four years, and upward moose. And uh, the big, bad champion, Goodnight Olive, runs at four to five on the morning line. Last time she ran moose in the Madison, you and I basically just looked at each other and said, put a, uh, just don't even handicap this race. She's a lock. She's going to win. She ran well. She got it done. Uh, that against the great field, the field of five moose. And I'll tell you. I tried my damnedest to try and pick against her in this race. Yeah, just don't. I really, I, I really wanted to like hot and sultry on the inside, the speed. But, you know, there is some speed in this race. And I just think she's run well in races where she didn't have the great setup and she's got it and done. So she gets, a, I think she's going to get a better setup than she's gotten ever. And, and I just think she's just too good. I'm not going to try and beat her here. You know, I looked at Wicked Halo, but I just don't think that – I just I think the setup's going to be too good for Goodnight Olive that any other horse with talent's just not going to be able to catch her. Yeah, Materia, I looked at the the 5-7-2 on the morning line for Pratt and Cox. Uh, yeah, I just – they're just not fast enough. They're just not good enough. Now, you might say, well, Goodnight Olive might regress or or – uh, she might actually improve and might have been and needed to kind of knock the rust off in her last race at Keeneland because didn't win it all that impressively, still won the, it nonetheless, is a really, really classy five-year-old mare. I don't think that it – I don't think you need to do all that much handicapping looking at this race for a winner. I think it's obviously the the two good night olive. I'm going to use Hot and Sultry uh, as the runner-up who I think is going to go to the lead and try and go gate to wire. Um, certainly the last two buyer speed figures are really solid, but those were in route races at a different track. Um, but, uh, you know, the, uh, fair. I, I couldn't get creative. Goodnight Olive, four to five more line, my top pick. Goodnight Olive, Hot and Sultry, Wicked Halo are my three. Moving yeah, I would on. use, for me, I would use Monterea underneath, but Goodnight yeah. Olive on top. I can see it. I can see it. Race five, Saturday Moose. The Distaff Turf Mile, a great two events on the turf for Phillies and Mares, four years and upward. And uh, this was a, what, what I found challenging about this race. And Spenderella is 7 to 5 in the morning line. I'm, my fear here is she's going to be the lone speed with a scratch of Sister Luann. I don't think anybody else is going to go. I don't want to pick the favorite here. And I'm going to hope that my angle of going against her is the layoff. I mean, she hasn't run since August. Uh, she's going to be short. She's going to be even shorter now with no other speed in there. I just, I'm going to hope the layoff just burns her out a little bit. And the horse I landed on, and there's a little bit of a layoff on this horse, but I like. I, I haven't picked this horse. I know you like this horse. I like fluffy socks here. Uh, I just think that stays with you know gets an A rider, and this horse has closed into paces that weren't particularly fast, and I think that might be the case here. Uh, I'm going to trust that Chad Brown has this horse ready to go. I know I ride horse. You know, I ride is going to ride this horse well. His horse has run well at the distance. And, and I think that even with a slower pace up front without a lot of speed, this horse will be flying late. Uh, can she get Spenderella? I don't know. But at 9-2, to two, uh, I'm going to take that every time on a Chad Brown horse. 
Yeah, I, I went. I went with a horse that I went with a couple podcasts ago, but uh, she ended up getting scratched. Um, and I do like fluffy socks, and I bet fluffy socks before, and 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 she's done something for me. I, I landed on the two. Speak of the devil, uh, Chad Brown, Flavion Pratt, seven to two on the morning line. I mean, Pratt goes back to her. I have to believe. I mean, you're looking at a horse that had, or you're looking at a filly or a mare, I should say, that was having time form ratings of 119, 109, one, you know, 103, 110, 113 over in Europe. Came over here first race, a buyer speed figure of 98. Then you saw an 84, 87, maybe a little bit of regression. Has been on the bench for a while. Obviously, they roll her back as a six-year-old because they think there's more to give. You're getting seven to two on a Brown trainee. Uh, on the morning line, I don't think there's a decided. There might be a pace advantage when you look at Spenderella. There's not a, d- a decided buyer speed figure advantage when you look at Spenderella. Uh, I landed on the two. Speak of the devil at seven to two on the morning line. The other Chad Brown horse is haughty, haughty in this race. Uh, could be a speed factor, but you know has has really been all over the place and again hasn't run since August. But would it shock you, Moose, to get the Chad Brown trifecta? No, would not. I mean, I I think you got to give a little bit of love to you know. I I always got to mention Mott. I would mention I would throw in the four Wakanaka five to one on the morning line. Mott and Joel Rosario. I do like Fluffy Socks as well. Those would be my top three picks. I would go two, four, seven. I'm trying to get um, the five Spenderella out of the money, but I would go two, four, seven would be my top three picks. Fluffy Socks, your top choice at nine to two on the morning line, rounding out the trifecta. The seventh race on Saturday is a grade two event, the Twin Spires uh, Turf Sprint. Uh, five and a half furlongs on the turf, Moose, and a lot of familiar names in this race. Uh, Bad Beat Brian, Big Invasion, Necker Island, uh, Just Might, Oceanic, and my pick, Arrest Me Red in this race, who just consistently runs uh, his race. And yeah, I, we've talk, I've said this 50 times in this podcast. Turf sprints, I like horses coming off the pace. This horse is going to be not close, but not really far back. And the last out, lost to Caravelle, who you and I agree right now might be the best turf sprinter uh, in the country, battling with Casa Creed. Uh, Arrest me red, 4-1 to one on the morning line. Ton of speed in this race. Should get a setup. Irata Ortiz going to have a day, in my opinion. Wesley Ward, you know what he does in sprints. 4-1 uh, to one on the morning line. Arrest me red is my top pick. Yeah, I won with the four big invasion. Seven to two on the morning line. Rosario and Clement, um, one for one at Churchill Downs, six for seven at the distance. Kind of got an opportunity at five furlongs in the last race to kind of stretch his legs a little bit. Uh, now gets to stretch out to five and a half furlongs. Obviously, was one that was very very impressive, winning uh, you know a Grade Three event up at Saratoga last July, last August uh, during the course of the summer. Um, we know that Rosario is Clement's go-rider. I think he's going to improve as a four-year-old, the declaration of war four-year-old. Give me the four, big invasion, 7-2 on the morning line on top. Yeah, rest me red my topic. I use big invasion. The other horse I use is the outside horse, uh, Matorius. 8-1 on the morning line. Look at the buyer speed figures. Uh, blew out a 102 last out. Gets Flavian Pratt. Phil D'Amato, a really solid trainer. 8-1 to one to me is uh, almost a little bit of a steal. The one issue is, you know, the cutback in distance, I don't know. Uh, that, that that might be why you're getting a little bit of a price. But Arrest Me Red will be my topic. I'll tell you what, Moose. The race eight on Saturday, the Pat Day Mile, great two events. Yeah, I just want to throw one more horse in the last race. I, I'm going to be including Oceanic, 15-1, uh, to 1, the nine underneath, but big invasion on top. Sorry, Moose. No problem. Outside of the Kentucky Derby, Moose, I got to be honest, <laughs> this race threw me for a loop. I had I, I couldn't – I looked at this race up and down. This was the hardest race for me to handicap because, not saying that it's a bad race, it's just it, I, I think anybody could win this race. Moose, where'd you land? Yeah, I landed. I landed on a horse that I, I really liked last summer, um, and he, he won for my dad and I last uh, last summer up at Saratoga at four to one. Won a maiden special weight, did it really impressively, and with Flavion Pratt aboard. Um, and Pratt gets back aboard on Saturday for D. Wayne Lucas and went with a little bit of a long shot to think maybe he can mix it up. I, I think I think a one-turn mile is exactly what Bourbon Bash wants. Um, I think that's exact. That's what you saw. I don't think he's a two-turn horse. They tried him at two turns. It wasn't good enough. 
I think he wants to be, I think a one-turn mile at Churchill Downs or even a seven-furlong race is exactly what Bourbon Bash wants. 12-1 to on the morning line. Lucas likes to run his horses, look for a little bit of a price, tried to convince myself maybe about Fort Bragg, the seven. Just thought it was too much value, Uh, you know, coming out of a race in which, you know, ran last race, uh, you know, out in Arkansas, and he's just... I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you, you look at it, he's just not a distance horse. I think this is the race and the style and fashion and what he wants. Give me uh, give me Bourbon Bash, the eight on top in the Pat Day Mile. Yeah, I ended up with Fort Bragg. And okay. the reason I landed on his horse is, one, I think he's just going to fly out of the gate and try and go gate to wide. Last race in the Florida Derby, he was the speed, and he faded back in a race that's set up for closers, but... Uh, look who he's run against. Forte, Mage, practical move, practical move. He's beaten Reincarnate, who's in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, I, I just think he gets a little bit of an easier easier scenario here. Uh, I don't see a ton of speed. I think they have him well-placed. They spent a lot of money on him. I think they're trying his horse out as a miler. He's won at a mile. Uh, they tried to get him in the Kentucky Derby. Didn't work out. Fort Bragg, I think, is going to be your gate-to-wire winner. 9-2 to on the morning line. I used Gunpilot and Bourbon Bash as well, Moose. So we're on the same, you know, we, we're in the family here. So we're gonna, we're yeah, gonna we're on the family. So yeah, I mean, I, I like that exact and trifecta box. You use, I would, I'd throw General Jim the nine in the exacta box, but I do like the trifecta box. We're on the same three horses Fort Bragg, Bourbon Bash, and, and I do like the 12 Gunpilot at five to one for Gaffleon and Asmussen. Race nine on Saturday, a grade two event, the American Turf, a mile and a 16th. Oh, I love a horse this race. Oh, do you? You love a horse? I, I do. I, I'm, I'm afraid we might love the same horse, to be honest with you. We might uh, love the same horse. It's highly well, possible. I we went up the same horse. Chad's got some horses. Todd's got some horses. Shug has a horse. Talk of the Nation, who I really like at 10 to 1 in the morning line. Are you yeah, there? that's who I love. I love talking to the nation. We're on the same horse, the four, I'll, 10 to one. He's the, the, and here's the deal, Mods. There's no way, like, whether – there's no way we're getting 10 to one on Saturday on Talk of the Nation. No. No, I, no, no like, shot. I mean, no shot. I have a better chance of running the New York City Marathon next November than us getting 10 to one. You know, what helps the odds is that Brown has a couple horses in here that will get bet. But 10 to one I thought was a, a, a tough morning line. I want to knock the odds line, you know, the morning on maker. But you know, I think when it comes to push comes a shove, if we get five to one, I'll be happy with that. But talk to the nation. Just look at the last couple of races when they put the horse on the turf. Uh, you know, it just blew blew an optional claiming race out, and then comes back in the Columbia Tampa list out. Wasn't the morning line favorite. Ends up going off just about even money and absolutely romps the field, including most statues in this race and um, just. A horse that has explosive an explosive kick is getting better. Uh, loves running on the. They, bottom line is when they put this horse on the turf, something happened, something clicked, and uh, I think you're going to get a little bit of a price here. Not ten to one, but I think talk of the nation. I thought when I saw that race, this horse would be a player uh, moving forward in the uh, upper echelon turf division. And we're going to get the first look at talk of the nation uh, running in a Grade Two event on Saturday, Moose. Yeah, I think a couple others that that are intriguing. I think Mendelssohn's March the three coming out of the bluegrass, going back to turf, out of Mendelssohn, bred for turf. Um, for Kenny McPeak and Brian Hernandez, I, I think twelve to one on the morning line is an interesting horse to use underneath. And I think you got to use the two horses on the inside, the two Pletchers, Major Dude and Far Bridge, uh, five to two, seven to two on the morning line, respectively, underneath. But. But I love – I mean, I don't like – it's been a while since I've really, really loved a horse. Like, well, that's not true. Uh, but I love Talk of the Nation, the four. We both love a horse that's 10-1 in the morning line. That's, that's yes. going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot I feel of- emboldened now because Monzo's like the long shot player. Usually I'm more of a, a chalky player, but I like that. Hey, you'll always have Skippy Longstocking. Always. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> At one to nine. The 10th race Saturday, Moose, is a seven-furlong event. The Churchill Downs, grade one, uh, four-year-olds and upward. Uh, a lot of good names in this one. Wada Borio, CZ Rocket, uh, Getter Number, Cody's Wish, your uh, Breeders' Cup uh, runner last year, endorsed. Uh, I'll tell you what. Hear my song, who I, I had in Keeneland a few weeks ago. I, 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 I know that Cody's Wish is a great horse. You can't have – again, it comes back to this horse hasn't run since November against some competitive horses here. I can't take Cody's wish at four to five moose. 
No, I'm not taking Cody Swisher at 45. I'm taking endorsed. Yeah, I'm going to go the outside. Woo. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm. Yeah, that's it. We're right. Either either we rise or we crash and burn together on Saturday afternoon. I like the I like the ten five to one on the morning line. Gaffleyo, Mike Maker, um, hasn't run since you know you know has had a little bit of a break. Last buyer speed figure, um, you know, you know was a one hundred one Gulfstream Park Mile uh, down at Gulfstream. Um, I think I think the one turn seven furlongs mile suits him. I really do. I know 0 for 6 at Churchill Downs. I get it, but he's coming second and third. Um, has run a ton of times at this distance. I think the 7-year-old endorsed is is going to get a good run. And I like Maker as a trainer as well. Love him on the turf. But I'm going to go and, and try and beat Cody's wish, who I can't bet at 4-5, to five, even though I love Bill Mott and Junior Alvarado. 4-5 to five on the morning line for a horse that hasn't raced in months. Coming back in this race, no thanks. Give me endorsed. Yeah, and the reason I'm not endorsed is this horse has gotten older and after a solid oh, – I thought the career was coming to an end. This horse has just found something new. And maybe – I don't know what it is, but the last three races at Gulfstream, this horse has looked like a, a, a really good older horse winning races and winning graded races. Two graded races against good horses. Octane's a good horse. We know Charge is a good horse. Simplification is a good horse. Uh, this horse comes in fresh, in form, uh, good buyer speed figures, getting better. Uh, I'm in on endorsed, and I'm also going to use my my horse. The hear my song, thirty to one. I how is hear my song, thirty to one on the morning line? Where if you look at what this horse has done on the dirt, forget what this horse has done on synthetic. Just look at this buyer speed figures. We're in a ninety four buyer speed figure last out. 97, 94, 96, Win win win. Uh, thirty to one. You got to be kidding me. I'm going to use this horse every day underneath. And I think thirty to one. I think if you're looking closer, like fifteen to one. But endorse my top pick. Hear my song underneath at thirty to one on the morning line. Yeah, I'd also use White Abario, the uh, the one at six to one on the morning line underneath as well. Oh well, no, White Abario has been scratched. Well, you would bet him. You do. Have I would him. bet him. Yes. Guarantee you won't lose, Moose. Guaranteed. That's right. White Abario has been scratched. My apologies, but I do agree with you about here. My song thirty to one on the morning line is just too much value. I like Tejano Twist. I like him more at six furlongs than I do seven. Uh, but I, I think I think Cody's wish is going to run and run pretty well. I just can't bet him at four to five. The eleventh race, the appetizer before the Kentucky Derby, Moose, is the Turf Classic, a Grade One event for four year olds and upward on the turf, Moose and. I have my non-Kentucky Derby best bet of the day in this race. Oh, you do? I do. I do. I really love going over Hong Kong Harry. No, I love Spooky Channel running for... Really? I just... This horse really showed me something last out. Uh, There was absolutely no setup for this horse to come closing late and flying like a freight train with Rosario. I mean, they went in a 51 half. This horse assists lengths back and finds a way to win the race. Uh, this horse, I, I know this horse is a little older at eight years old, 13 for 28, has won at Churchill, has won at this distance, stays with Rosario, has been working out of Keeneland, uh, lightly raced the last couple of years, but really came back and really has done a nice job uh, in this calendar year with two wins, I'm sorry, with a win and a really solid effort uh, in Houston, but uh, to me, there is going to be a setup here. There is plenty of speed in this race. By my Melvin likes to lead. A couple other horses do. I think Rosario is going to have a great setup, and I think he's going to be flying home. And uh, I love five to one on the morning line. Yeah, I landed on the the five up the up to the mark. Uh, Ortiz Pletcher. Everything you mentioned, I mean, I, I don't love the fact that he hasn't raced at Churchill. Don't love the fact that he hasn't run at the distance. I don't think the distance is going to be an issue. I really don't. You know, out of a, a Giants Causeway sire, out of a Ghost Zapper mare, um, all they got the right setup in the Maker's Mark Mile, as you were just talking about. Don't think – I think he's going to be closing. I love the fact that it's Ortiz. You and I both love Ortiz on turf races. I landed on the, I landed on the five uh, uh, up to the mark, four to one on the morning line. I also use Steady On, 5-1 to one on the morning line, and Earl's Rock, 10-1 to one in the morning line, Luis Saez and Phil D'Amato. Uh, get a lot of value there. But Spooky Channel, to me, is my top pick, Moose. To me, it's 5-7. I'm going sp- I'm going up to the mark in Hong Kong, Harry. Pratt, Phil D'Amato, D'Amato when he ships out from west uh, you know, to east or even to Kentucky. Uh, horses uh, usually run pretty well. 
Um, I think Hong Kong Carry is going to get the race set up as well, 7-2 on the morning line. So I've got the 5-7 in race 11 on Saturday at Churchill. Before we touch base with Kenny Peck, Daily Race Forum, go through the Kentucky Derby Moose, uh, your undercard best bet is? Oh, talk of the nation, race nine. That's your best one? Why? Yes. Bet for Moose is 10-1 on the morning line. Yeah, Love talk it. of the nation. Like, I can't wait. Like, I, I, I wish the race was, like, right now. Like, I can't wait to bet the race. My best bet is Spooky Channel, but I'm looking forward to betting Talk of the Nation with you and getting a bang via text message to me, you, and John. Dude, and it, would be so, it would be so great. Yeah, it moves five across the board. I know. Usually I disappear on Saturdays. We do. We don't know what you're doing, but... Uh, we'll no, I know. I, I, on Saturday, I'll be watching the races as I'm doing at... Uh, I'm watching uh, Jackson play lacrosse. He's got a uh, some kind of four-game tournament, so I'll be betting and watching on my phone. I'll tell you this, and we'll get to Kenny in a second. I'll tell you, this drove me nuts. How is there a 90-minute gap between the, the classic... I know, you went crazy the other day. 90 like. minutes? We gotta wait. That, you can watch a movie in that time. We gotta I, I understand. They want to get all the bets in. They gotta build it up. You need to hear the layers. I, I under, it's a long time, but it goes quick. It does go quick. It gives you more time to get more bets in. We have to. What we need to do, dude, is like, and we talk about this every year, and I'm sure everyone goes through this at home as well. Like, we always talk like a big game about putting together a game plan, and the game plan never comes together. Like, we need to have a game plan the next two days to just attack and cash out. Cha-ching. That's what we need. Well, we do. We have talk of the nation. That's a cash out right there. And we're no, gonna, no, I'm talking gonna, about like pick fours and pick fives. Yes, we will. Like I, ring the register time. That I want. I want to text somebody that Donald Duck thing with the cash, like he's counting cash. Oh can yes! I, can I finally text somebody that? Yes. Can I make it rain? Coming up, bet, uh, <laughs> bet Kenny Peck Daily Racing Forum will go through each and every one of the Derby horses. Uh, we'll we'll go through the. Uh, the AEs, in case there, uh, well, there already was a couple scratches, but we'll go through each of the horses. That's coming up next. Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. You're listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, guys, top of the stretch here. Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network, and I got to be honest, Moose, we've done like eight or nine of these, very successful. The greatest horse racing podcast. Uh, based out of Monmouth County, New Jersey. Um, and we haven't had a guest on yet, but we wanted to bring in our old buddy, one of the greats. He is a, a handicapping genius. He is really insightful. He goes to contest. He wins contests. He's right up there. Uh, Kenny Pat. Kenny from the Daily Racing Forum. What's going on, man? What's up, boys? How we doing? Great, Kenny. It's good to see you, brother. Well, it's good to chat yeah, with you, seeing you over Zoom. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's bringing back memories when we were doing this in uh, Lower Manhattan. So it's uh, your tremendous handicapper. Love you. I'm glad you're here to talk a little bit about Derby 149. So, so Tim, we, we we take the approach as, you know, we're not you. You're a professional. This is what you do for a living. We're just fans. And I remember when you would go through the races with us, you would talk a lot about race flow. That was one of your 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 key angles is race flow. Uh, we we break things down, you know, pretty ABC, nothing too crazy. But um, I'm sure you're going to mention race flow here. So you want to go through what that means for the maybe the novice audience before we go through the horses? Sure. Um, to me, race flow is one of those uh, last frontiers we can find value. Uh, it, what it, what it refers to is how the race shaped up. So it also refers to how today's race shapes up. So you want to look for the horses, so races where there's a lot of speed in it, then the race is going to favor the closers. Races with little speed, then the horses that are close up are going to have the edge. So we came up with a tool in the racing form to kind of distinguish what those races are. Sometimes it's indistinguishable and the race doesn't get a symbol, but uh, an S symbol in the form means that the uh, race favored speed horses and a C symbol means it favored closers. What I do is I try to upgrade those horses that were against the flow. So a speed horse that was in a race that's set up for closes, he might not have run so well. To me, that's a legit excuse, and you can expect that horse to run back. And the beauty of it is a lot of people haven't caught on to it, so you get a lot of nice prices using that method. 
All right, beautiful. I love that. All right, Kenny, let's get into it because we've got a couple defections. We'll get into that, a couple scratches. I mean, we're expected to have a full field of 20 when the gates open on Saturday night uh, at Churchill Downs, post time 657. Let's run through the list um, with you and get your quick thoughts on each and every one of them. Uh, how about Hit Show coming out of a disappointing performance out of the Wood Memorial, 30 to 1 on the morning line, breaking from the rail? I'm glad you said that about Hitch, though. I was not impressed with his uh, his effort in the wood. I thought he was in a drive at the top of the turn. Uh, listen, he got beat in those. It's a good effort. But I'm not really wild about the uh, the, the way he ran in that race. I, I thought he'd run a lot better. Uh, two back in the withers, he had a great setup as a closer. The race set up for closers. We are just speaking about race flow. I do like the workout that he turned in this week. I don't like the post. In fact, I hate it. I think he's going to have a problem from there. Uh, he's starting to gain some traction as a buzz horse, and I think he'll be lowered in his 31 morning line. I, you know, could he win? Sure. I like others better. Verifying 15-1 to 1 for Brad Cox. Brad has multiple horses here. Battle with Tappet Trice down the stretch. I know Moose is bullish on this horse. I don't know what he thinks about him this race. We'll get Moose's thoughts uh, as we go on, but give us a little thoughts or two on verifying. I agree with Moose. I, I thought that last race was really game. He was he was the only horse that was close to the pace that had held on for a party, got beat in neck by Tappet Trice. Super game effort. Everybody knows Tappet Trice is going to get bet here. Um, I just I worry about the trip, what kind of trip he's going to get. I don't like the fact that the, uh, he likes to be close up. But if he can rate off the pace and not get involved in a duel, I think he's got a big shot to hang on to the big price. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I, I think I think he's going to improve. I, I just worry about the post. I worry about him getting the trip, and I also worry about yeah. maybe Gaff Leone. Where is he sitting? Is he, you know, um, does he get blocked? Does he be able to move? I loved his move in, in Kentucky, but the problem is he didn't finish, and Tappet Trice was able to wear him down and showed a little bit uh, more of a, a I guess, for, instead of coming from off the pace like he did down in Tampa, being able to sit mid-pack. But uh, I agree with you about verifying. How about the, the three, two fills, 12-1 to 1 on the morning line for Larry Ravelli coming out for what was a – Unbelievable, like, run in the Jeff Ruby, uh, but that was on synthetic. Uh, yeah, it was a great run. Uh, it was kind of set up there a little bit. I don't like betting horses off um, uh, career best buyers that are, like, far and away their best figures. I, usually they're going to regress. Usually that's, that's a result of a favorable circumstance or a favorable setup or trip. I think that's the case here. Making it worse, he's starting to uh, develop a sort of a bandwagon following. I think he's going to get bet a little bit more than he probably should. Again, I mean, could he win? Yeah, I just, I, I'm trying to get away from horses that are undervalued. I think he might be an underwater. Confidence game uh, draws the fourth, 20 to 1 in the morning line. Keith Sarmo finds ways to get horses in this race every year. It's unbelievable. Uh, coming off a really solid grade two effort in the Rebel, but that race certainly set up for him. Uh, Kenny, what do you think? It did, and we talked about race flow, and that was a, a prototypical closers race. It's it's just it's um, indicated as such in a racing form with an inverted C, which means severe example of a closers race. If you look at the lines of the horses in that race, you can see they all kind of closed. This is a uh, horse coming off a career best buyer. Anytime you see a career best buyer and a favorable race flow, that's a horse I'm betting against every single time. Could he be getting better? He's worked well. He's going to fit the race flow because the pace should be quick. I just think uh, I'm, on Wednesdays, on Sundays, on the first Saturday of May, I'm betting against horses like this. doesn't matter what the, what the race is. All right, second choice on the morning line, the five, Tappet Trice, five to one. Todd Pletcher has really done nothing over the course of his uh, – nothing wrong over the course of his career. You know, yeah, not, nothing wrong and, and clearly can win the race. You know, again, talking about value – I don't like the last race. I thought he should have won that race easily. I thought he had a tough time putting away verifying. who had a much tougher trip on the lead the whole way or pressing the pace the whole way. I thought he'd blow by him. He really didn't. You know, that was his longest race yet. It could have point to the fact that he may not want to go that much longer. I'm not sure about that. But the overriding factor when you're playing horses every day is value. And he's going to be bet. And he, to me, he doesn't have any kind of distinguishable edge over the others in terms of figures and if he's going to be one of the favorites i'd i'd rather just try to beat him if i'm wrong i'm wrong i'm going to take a shot and hope to get him out of the try up next for todd pletcher kings barnes 12 to 1 on the morning line three for three uh really had the race in his favor the louisiana derby last out but certainly a talented horse coming out of uncle mo they paid a ton of a ton of money for him uh ken what do you think here 
yeah, again, with the flow, his last two races on the lead last time in a very slow-paced race, uh, was able to post a career-best figure. Once again, he's not going to get a favorable race flow here. I, I don't think it's possible. If that's the case, I don't see it's possible for him to, to move forward in terms of figures, and he'd have to to win the race. A morning line to me is an underlay. I, I mean, for a horse with this running style and these kind of figures, I'm looking to beat horses that are going to be close up to the pace. It looks to me like a fast pace is going to develop. I'm looking for closers at better prices. All right, how about the seven, a long shot, reincarnate 50-1 to one on the morning line for Tim Yachtin and John Velasquez? He was one of those horses that closed in the, in the Rebel, came from way off the pace, very well set up there. I thought last time he ran pretty well in the uh, in the Arkansas Derby, and he was pressing the pace and held third behind a couple of the same runners here. Um, I just, like we talked about earlier, I don't know how, he, I don't know what kind of trip he's going to get. Kind of talked about verifying if he's going to be close up, he could have a problem. Now, he did rate in the Rebel, thanks to a, a little bit of trouble early on, but I think he's going to be close up. That's his natural running style, and I think that's going to pose a problem for him. Mage is 50 to 1 on the, on the morning line, your second up runner in the Florida Derby, and uh, gate trouble, most of his you know, early races, not a ton of foundation, Kenny, only three races under his belt. Uh, made that early move in the Florida Derby, uh, blew by Forte, uh, only for Forte to get him late. But a talented horse, my concern is not enough foundation. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, that's part of it. But also, to me, I mean, if it, here's the thing. If you like Forte, you have to like Mage, right? Because they're kind of the same horse, and one's going to be three times the price at least. But again, he was with the flow in the Florida Derby, closer in the closer's race. Once again, he got a career best buyer. That's what happens when you get positive flows and you and you get severe flows like he did there. Um, the downside is he's going to get that kind of flow again. I I could see him getting part of this. I like him better than I would definitely use him over Forte because of the price angle. But I, I just like others better that were not with the flow last time. One that I kind of like at twenty to one on the morning line. How about the nine Skinner? Uh, to maybe juice up the exotics, trained by John Sheriffs. John Sheriffs has already won a Kentucky Derby with Giacomo, who came out of the clouds for um, uh, for uh, Mike Smith on board. What about the nine Skinner, who's gotten a little buzz in Churchill Downs at Kentucky this week? Yeah, and, and here's, you and I, you, you guys and I, we used to talk about this all the time. Horses we get hooked on. I liked him in the, in his last race, San Anita Derby. I thought he was going to win that race because I I knew it was going to be a good setup. He was coming out of a race where he was against the flow. He was he was uh, closing in the speed race. Ended up in a perfect spot last time in terms of how to race set up and, and, and uh, pace scenario, and he just couldn't get by. So now it's like, is it personal with me where I'm kind of like holding again? But he really should have won that race. He does fit the flow here. He did close a little bit uh, in that race. He did run well. He was kind of wide for most of the running on the outside and into the stretch. Uh, Intriguing to me, but but not. I'm looking for others and, and another horse I can see using over some of the shorter price horses. Practical move scratched out of the race. We move on to Disarm, a horse that I really liked going into the Lexington. And when I talked to Kenny Earl in a week, uh, we I he I said I didn't like that race. He thought he he liked the race. Thought he made a little bit of a premature move. Thirty to one in the morning line. Uh, Ken, this was my number two horse going into the Lexington, and he certainly went down for me. He went up for you, huh? Yeah, I thought he made that nice middle move down the backstretch, and I thought he moved too soon there. I, his, his previous two races were against the flow. I thought he ran great to get second, especially in the Louisiana Derby. He's going to be a huge price. He's going to get uh, fast fractions up front. Like anybody else, he needs a trip. He's working pretty well. You know, At this price, and given how he fits the pace scenario, I thought that last race was uh, was better than it looks on paper. And I thought he... I thought he actually made two moves there, and I thought he continued well to the wire. I, I'm looking for the source to run well, and he's under the radar a little bit, which I like, too. Monzo, you got to put something on, on this arm. I've heard about – Kenny, you have to understand. Like, I've heard about this arm for, like, six weeks. Like, I really right? do. Like, I've heard – Monzo's talked about this arm for a long, long time. Like, if, you get off now? No, he doesn't like him now. No, he's off this arm. Yeah. But that's why he's going to oh, win. Come on. I understand, yeah, but he's talked about this arm for a long time. He told me basically after his his first win down Louisiana, he texted me. He's like, "There's my Derby horse, Disarm." I was like, "Oh, that's great! You already picked him." And now yeah, he months. couldn't be he couldn't be colder on Disarm. And watch Disarm win for Asmussen and and yeah. and Joel Rosario on Saturday. Monza, go back and watch the Lexington with with, with a, um, an unbiased eye and see. Watch it again. Watch the movie makes down the backstretch. It's he moves prematurely. And he continues actually pretty well. If he moves properly, now he's back to Rosario. I think he's going to run well. I'll be rooting for. I mean, I'll be rooting for him in some way, shape, or form. But uh, we'll. We got to play. 
All right, how about the 12? Jace's road, 15-1 to 1 on the morning line. I don't like him at all. What about you, Kenny? Nah, he was on the pace last time in a speed race. The figures aren't anywhere close to good enough. I don't see him stepping up in the derby because he's going to be close up and he's going to get swallowed up in the pace, I think. Uh, 50 to 1 on Sun Thunder as the Blinkers here. He's run in all the big races here, running in some of these good horses, but it uh, doesn't look like he's good enough here. Yeah, I was disappointed in his effort in the Bluegrass. I thought he was an upgrade out of his previous two. He didn't run at all. He was way behind. Tappet tries verifying. No real excuse. Doesn't have the figures to me. All right. How about the 14, Angel of Empire? One of the single digit horses on the morning line. He's 8 to 1. Won the Arkansas Derby, won the Risen Star, Brad Cox, Le'Veon Pratt. Tremendous human connections. What about Angel of Empire, the 14? Well, that was a visually impressive race in the uh, in the Arkansas Derby, but we don't have it marked as any kind of favor, uh, speed favoring uh, race flow. I thought it was. Angel of Empire was seventh early. King Russell was ninth early. Again, reincarnate was second. That's why I thought he ran a big race. Uh, he, ran sec- he was second early and held on for third. And then fourth place finish, he was sixth early on. So, I mean, I, I thought the race set up well for him. Visually, yeah, it was an impressive race. And I, and I think he's starting to get a lot of steam now. And he's going to be, could even be shorter than eight to one on the line. Again, going back to the value thing, I'm just looking for a better price in this race. I think there's a lot of better ways to, to use, um, to look for value than, than a horse like this that's getting all kinds of buzz now. Your morning line favorite is the two-year-old champion, Forte. And I do want to say there is some buzz about Forte. And, uh, you know, did he trip today? Is, is he hurt? Is uh, No official word. So we're going to go about the fact that he, we're going to go as if he is running and he's fine and, you know, he's going to be the favorite. Uh, Kenny, a lot of the, the knocks on Forte this week is that he's good. He's just not great. And we don't know. But he's running all the races. He's won almost all of them. Uh, he ran. He won his two this year. Uh, but, you know, has he improved? I don't think he's improved. I think he's the same horse as last year. I haven't seen a horse that has taken that next step. Uh, that's pretty much my only knock on him. Good closer, great connections. Uh, you're, I know you. I know you're going to play against him because he's the favorite, but uh, is is he the likeliest winner in your opinion, or is he just the favorite and you're going to play against him? That's a good question. Is he the likeliest winner? His figure suggests he might be. He doesn't have a huge figure edge either. And that's the other thing. When you look at any race, never mind a derby, you're looking for horses that are favored, that deserve to be favored, that have an edge. There's really no edge when you're looking at this race in terms of speed figures for Forte. He's been impressive. Like you said, he's a win machine. And by the way, I spoke to a colleague before we did this podcast who said he spoke to uh, Todd Fletcher today, and he said he's running. So that was during the uh, the card today. Um, it all comes down to price. I mean, for me, I'm not taking three to one on a horse in a 20 horse field that needs to navigate traffic and doesn't have a figure edge. That's, that's just what it comes down to for me. Could he win? Absolutely. I mean, but I'm not taking that horse at that price over the long term. And just because you want to have the winner in the Derby, you know, maybe you play him and that's not how you play the race. You're supposed to look for value. And to me, Forte doesn't offer any value. All right. Value is 16. Raise Kane 50 to one on the morning line. Anything that you can do with Raise Kane? Nothing. The run style is a closer, but he just doesn't seem to be fast enough. He's never run a buyer fast enough to win this race. He's got to step it up to win this. So even just want to gloat that I, I had that horse in the Gotham Moose. <laughs> I know you had Race Kane. I know. I know. So You're I, pumping your fist. I know. Just yeah. like this, this arm's about to win the Derby. We all know it. <laughs> all right. Uh, interesting here, Kenny. Uh, Derma Setagaki. The, the Japanese horses have now invaded the Kentucky Derby. Uh, they've been doing incredible things around the world, winning races left and right, and really uh, you know, making people think that they're going to come here uh, and win this race. Uh, this horse looks really good, uh, but we don't know what's going to happen here. What's your thoughts? Um, I originally had him on top, and then I changed it because um, I had to do my picks on Monday or Tuesday because I everybody's just – they jumping aboard this horse. I don't know what kind of price he's going to be. Um, also, I think you know, in, in a late-breaking development, I think he's going to be hurt by the uh, by the scratches because Cyclone Mischief gets in the race, adds to the race flow, is going to probably mean a faster pace. Uh, this horse can rate a little bit, but his best game does seem to be on the lead. He, he won the UAE Derby on the lead, was impressive there, but I think he's going to face a lot more pressure. I did pick him second. I'm going to have to stick with it. I'm going to hope that he's able to rate. Um, I just don't like the fact that so many people are getting aboard, and he's probably going to be below 10 to 1. Uh, but 
certainly can win the race if he runs back to that UAE Derby. All right, how about the 18 Rocket Can Mott Alvarado 30 to one on the morning line. Liked him in the Arkansas Derby, hated the price, and he ran terribly uh, and ran fourth in the race. Uh, what's your take on uh, the Into Mischief Colt? Yeah, I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm against the closers out of the Arkansas Derby. What I do like about him is the addition of blinkers and that sharp work since then. Uh, when you see a, a equipment change, just to, not just in the Derby, in any kind, any race, any day of the week, blinkers on or Lasix, and you see improved fast workouts and a couple of them, that's usually a good sign. In the case of, of this, it, I, don't know, I didn't watch the works. Um, I'm assuming he worked with blinkers on, and the equipment change may agree with him. I, I, as I said, I don't like the closes out of that race, but this horse I will use because of that equipment change. Continue are the quote-unquote other horse coming out of Japan, finished 10 lengths behind Derma Setagaki in the UAE Derby. Uh, any shot? I don't, I don't give him much of a look here. Well, he was 10 lengths. He was clearly not as good as Derma Setagaki in the uh, UAE Derby, but he's also behind the pace, and the pace is controlled by the winner. Um, I don't think he can win. I, I, I can see somebody throwing him in for the bottom part of something of it just as a flyer because he's going to be a huge price, completely overlooked, probably not good enough. All right, how about the 21 Cyclo Mischief? Uh, scratches in, Dale Romans 30-1 to 1 on the morning line. Really changes the complexion of the race now that he's in. He's wide, of course, but he's got high speed. He's going to be close to the pace. He comes out of an inverted C race in the Florida Derby. He was a race where the closes were set up. He was off the pace there because he had to be. He couldn't make the lead. Now he's going to be out running, and, and he's going to add to the pace. His own chances, though, I don't think are very good because I don't think he's going to last pressing a fast pace. I don't think he's good enough. But his inclusion in the race does change the uh, pace dynamics. And Mandarin Hero draws in, uh, Ken, your runner-up in the San Anita Derby. And, Moose, we talked about the San Anita Derby, and we threw this horse just based on the connections and where he's coming from. And, he ran a really solid second behind practical move, Ken. Uh, draws, he you know, he's going to be really outside, obviously, and he comes off the pace, and that maybe benefits him. But uh, I think the outside draw, obviously, is just going to be real too tough. Well, here's the thing. And, and, and last year, I kind of landed on a winner and some savers because I figured people wouldn't use him, not even knowing he was in the race. So I used him in some hidden pools, and I ended up hitting the Oaks Derby double for the first time in 25 years. Oh um, Mandolin Hero, if, if he gets in, like again, like you said, he fits the race flow. He's got a buyer that's good enough. And from the standpoint of value, as we're saying, he's going to be overlooked because there's going to be a fair amount of people in the crowd who don't even know he's in the race. Last year, they made uh, T-shirts for the Kentucky Derby. They listed the, the, the field for the race. Didn't include the, uh, the also eligibles. So people walking around with Kentucky Derby shirts from last year without the winner on it. They have 20 horses and the winner's not even listed on it. This horse is going to be an afterthought for a lot of people. Uh, do think he was well set up in that last race, but just again, from the standpoint of value, I think he's one to consider using. All right, just in case we we get him into the race, uh, and that's the twenty-three King Russell fifty to one on the morning line. Should he get into the race, does he have any chance of juicing up the exotics, Kenny? I don't think he's got the figures to match up with these horses. And his last, and that's a good example. I'd like to point out real quick. The Arkansas Derby was a top buyer for him. He ran an 87, where in the past he had never run above a 78. That's a perfect example of how race four can improve horses' figures. He's not going to run back to that, and he doesn't have the figures fast enough to win. All right, we've gone through all the horses. We've gotten some really good analysis, Ken. Uh, how do you see the race playing out? Who do you like? Who, what long shot do you love? Give it to us. I like this arm. He's my top pick. He's a long shot I love. I think he's going to run big. I really do. I had no idea you liked him at all. That doesn't influence me. I'll tell you, the there's other. a lot of people who are I, – I talked to a lot of people today who like this arm. So, um, yeah. Everybody's I, you know, in on this arm. Yeah, except for me. I don't want to hear that. It was Dermot Sotogaki. i got to stay with it. But, but in, with recent developments, other horses have moved up in my mind. Uh, Rocket Can, as I mentioned. Um, I guess I – maybe include Angel of Empire underneath. And as I mentioned, I'm going to use my man hero just because of the, the value factor and the way he fits the race for him. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all over Angel of Empire. That's my top choice. Um, I get the fact – I mean, he's improving for Brad Cox. Um, didn't pick him in the Arkansas Derby, but stylistically won it easily. Love the fact that Flavion Pratt stays here. 
you know, Pratt's had success in the Kentucky Derby. We know that got put up with Country House a couple of years ago for for Bill Mott. Um, you know, he's a, a world class jockey. And we've seen that West Coast, East Coast, all over the place. But but I like Angel of Empire on top. I mean, I, I think you got to use the two Pletchers underneath. I think you got to use Tapatrice and you got to use Forte. Uh, you get concerned about Tapatrice, whether or not he can get out of the gate. Forte, obviously, was a two-year-old champion and has been the best three-year-old up until this point. Is consistent, and let's be honest. I mean, how many times do you see a horse get passed like Forte did in the Florida Derby against Mage and then come back in the final 16th of a mile and win the race? And didn't win it by a nose, won it by a length and a quarter. I mean, that... I mean, because I mean, at that point in time, I thought Mage was gone, and Forte was able to dig down and find a new lead, and and that says everything about the horse. There were some reports that maybe he had lost weight going into the Florida Derby. Looks a lot better going into the race on Saturday. I think you got to use him. Um, I'm going to use uh, I'm going to use Disarm underneath. Um, I'm going to use as we talked about before out of California. Um, I I do like the John Sheriff trainee as well. I I went fifteen four nine eleven five. Uh, in Skinner. That's who I went. I'm going to probably, if I key in on Angel of Empire, I'd probably use, just because I'm I'm a Matt, uh, Bill Mott fanboy, I'd probably use Rocket Can as well. Yeah, Moose, we're, we're on the same horse here, and it's going to be a big family bet on Saturday, I can only imagine. That's it's, it! Angel <laughs> of Empire. The, the, the Monzo Peck Malusis Exacta of Angel of Empire Disarm. Oh, that would be so sweet, would it not? Angel of Empire and Disarm. Yes. Oh, my God, it would be so great. So I'm, I'm – okay. I can help pay – I can help pay off some debt. <laughs> here's, some, here's, some, here's some easy handicapping for my – I like – obviously, Moose, you know how much I like Flavian Pratt. You know, he's one oh, of my favorite fighters. yeah. You know, he navigated a trip with Country House. I know he technically didn't win the race, but, on you know, he did win the race in theory. Last year with Zenden, uh, didn't win the race, but navigated through traffic. So I, I, I know the rider is not is fearless, and he, he's going he's gonna to find a way through if Angel of Empire has the, you know, has the horse. If he, can, if he can run them all down, I'm not worried about him getting stuck behind 19 horses, going 75 lengths wide. And that's one thing about uh, Irad Ortiz is – He's a little bit of a safe rider, and he did it with Mo Donegal last year. He, he took the, the wide route, whereas the winner uh, last year did what it had to take. He took went inside. He found the way through. So, you know, maybe Forte is the best horse, but I wouldn't be shocked if Irad just, you know, just is forced wide, goes wide, and just has too much running to do. So uh, I, I trust Flavian Pratt a little more in this situation. He's my top pick. I am going to use Forte because I've been saying for a long time it, it might just be – him and a couple of horses, and then a bunch of other horses. So I do think he's got the talent. You know, Rapoli's very high on this horse. Um, I, I hope he's healthy. I think he's going to run. Tapatrice, I think, he's going to run a big one as well. Luis Saez is a monster. Uh, I, Kenny, you talked me into Mandarin Hero a little bit just now with your your, your conversation. Uh, he's going to get overlooked. He's going to be a price, and he might be flying late if it's, as fa- if it's fast up front. So uh, those are the four that I'm really big on, um, including Disarm. So... Angel of Empire is my top pick. Yeah, horses like Angel of Empire present conundrums for me, and also Mandarin Hero, because they're visually impressive, but I, I'm discounting them because they were set up. But if they're visually impressive, as they both were, then you have to give them some kind of some kind of look. So, so Kenny, we've done this for a, a couple years with you. Um, I just Here's what I want to tell you. You've taught us, at least me, about handicapping. I think of race flow. All the time when I look at races, and the other thing is, don't bet a short price on a horse that hasn't done something before. If you know, if a horse is short but he's never run a mile in the sixteenth, he can't bet that horse. So uh, we appreciate your information and your insight and uh, educating us schlubs as uh, you sit there and get paid the big bucks to do this. Oh sure, yeah, loaded. Well, we'll, we'll find out. That's the beauty of uh, horse racing. We'll find out at seven o five or whatever time post is going to be on Saturday, and then. You know, for, for guys like me, I'll, if I lose, I'll turn the page and bet the 13th race. Everybody well, my other my, my other favorite thing about Kenny is if we, like, Moose and I can go through the history of the last couple of races. Kenny doesn't remember who won the Derby last year. No, no I have to close his mentality. Yeah, you have to you gotta forget all that stuff. Because he's otherwise, got, you he's like play. an NFL corner. He doesn't remember the last You have to play. be. It's all the next it's many, There's so many scars. So many scars. Yeah, there's a busy. lot of scars. There's no doubt. <laughs> and unlike Monzo, I, Kenny, you're brilliant. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a slow learner, as Monzo will tell you. <laughs> Wish they doing all right. He still has an AOL email address. I do have AOL. 
I do have AOL. Is that true? That is true, yes. Oh, You've got mail. Yes, I have an AOL email. <laughs> yes, I'm old. I understand. I'm old. I get it. I understand. A couple, I'm in my a couple of weeks ago, Moose told me to look up something by using the yellow pages. I was like, what? <laughs> is it tough to watch the races using dial-up? I didn't. Listen. <laughs> It's tough watching the races when you got three kids at home. It's impossible to watch <laughs> I, I'm with you. I understand. That's great. Kenny, well, you're the best, brother. Ken, thanks, thanks for, for time out. You guys. Thanks for going through. Yes. I know that uh, it's it's a lot of work to go through all the horses. We appreciate it. Best of luck. Well, and, before uh, you go, Kenny, let, Oaks. Yes. Do you have a pick in the Oaks? I don't. I mean, I, I don't love the race. I was kind of like, uh, I was all over the place. I used a bunch of different horses. Nothing I would even care to share. Gotcha. Right. So he boxed. It's just one of those... Yeah, it's one of those races where I, I didn't really like have a strong opinion. I really did not. Kenny, you're the best. Good I, I, luck to every day. Hold on, I'll give you one. Favorite, yeah. Uh, you, know, you guys are going to say obviously. But the favorite, uh, it, was, it was 5 to 2 on the line. I, I, I was looking to beat that one. I didn't, didn't think she had any kind of figure edge. Oh, so you didn't think the, the you didn't wet think paint. a wet paint had any wet kind paint. of figure edge yes. in the Oaks? Okay. No, I, I didn't think that the, she deserved to be that short of a price. I mean, she was 5 to 2, and I'm looking at the race, and I'm like, what? Where's yeah, I don't understand was, why she's five to two either. Not even that, but I think she's going to be shorter than that because everybody's talking her up. I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking uh, that's a horse you got to try to beat. Appreciate that's it, Ken. Right. Nice guys, I appreciate you guys having me on. Moose, if we win, fax me over a uh, congratulatory uh, fax. I will. I'll send you a fax. Oh, my dial-up, right? As I get the <laughs> hamster wheel going to light the Thanks, electricity guys. in the house. We'll talk Thank to you. you. Thanks, Ken. <laughs> You're listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. That was a lot of fun with Kenny, wasn't it, Moose? Oh, no doubt. I love Kenny. Kenny's awesome. Real, genuine, you know, uh, uh, just a tremendous horse player, good human being, no question. Kenny, uh, like I said, uh, you know, he'll educate you. Follow him on Twitter. He's a, a great horse guy. He was telling us a great story about the last time he was in a contest, and uh, he just missed. <laughs> just missed but kenny is as good as it gets with finding prices and he gave you disarm in the kentucky derby moose and we gave our picks but let's just recap uh and go through the race a little bit of ourselves here uh continue ours out so the outside horses all of them get in and uh you know we'll, we'll see what happens with forte i i i think he's a very deserving favorite i think he's very vulnerable and I think you and I are on a really good horse in Angel of Empire. Yeah, I like Angel of Empire. I mean, just had this feeling kind of all week long. I'm not if you if Forte wins the race, it's not surprising. If Tappet Trice wins the race, not all that surprising. I mean, it's really not two very very good three year olds for for Todd Pletcher. But anything can happen. You need a lot of racing luck Saturday at Churchill Downs as well. Not only do you need the horse. Um, we've seen bad trips devastate really good horses on the first Saturday in May. So you got to get a little lucky, and we're picking a horse that's going to be coming from off the pace. So Angel of Empire is going to be get, need a little bit of racing luck on Saturday as well. You know, maybe we get all of the eight to one, nine to one, ten to one. I hope he's not six or five to one. That would be really disheartening. But you and I are on the same horse for the first time in a while. We're on the same horse. Well, what I would say is, and I'll go back to what I said at the end of the conversation with Kenny. I trust Flavian Pratt when it comes yeah. to navigating through traffic because we've seen him do it before. Now, if he has the horse, I think he can get it up to win. And I think this is a really good horse who I think will get the setup he needs. Uh, and like I said about Irad Ortiz, Irad might just do the, the safest thing. And if the safest thing is going eight, nine lengths wide to give himself some running room, that might cost him the race. Yeah, it could. I mean, it could. And I, I think the other thing is when you look at Tappet Trice, the, the break from the gate is going to be the big-time key. Where is he? How much work does he and Luis Saez have to do? Uh, and really now the complexion and the pace complexion up front you know, has really changed with Cyclone Mischief scratching in because there's no question about it, that horse is going to the lead. So you, we talked on the first podcast, I'm just trying to think, that was the, the the Kentucky Derby. You had the big hit with your father. Yeah, uh, that was on the Kentucky Derby. So that let's was. Hope, let's hope that myself, you, your father, Kenny, everybody cashes in absolutely massive tickets. Honestly. Well, that's yeah. it. Listen, take it all in. This is Derby Days, just Americana. It really is. Like this is an it's an amazing event. 
Uh, it's fantastic. There's huge pools, great betting opportunities, great opportunities to make a, an unbelievable amount of money and enjoy the day. Whether it be you put $2 down, $5 down, whatever it might be, just kind of enjoy the race because um, it is America's most important race. And uh, last year, when the longest shot in the field won, uh, even though I wasn't happy about it, as Epicenter got rich strike. Oh, oh God. My Larry Coleman didn't even know he was running. <laughs> oh, neither did the T-shirts, apparently. No, apparently well, not. <laughs> I, no, I like Larry. I'm just joking around. Oh, he's great. Called, um, called him late, though, but yes. Just like Mind yeah. That Bird. <laughs> I think I don't think they called Mind That Bird yet. Um, my friend said, what's great about a horse like that is the player who goes in with $2 in a dream. And for someone like me, I'm not, I'm not playing that horse, but that's what keeps people involved is you have that – 99 to one shot, we have $2 on, and you can win. Or you can bet the favorite and lose. Anything can happen. We're going to try and, and hit some prices. And, Moose, we talked about it on all these podcasts. This is where you hit a massive exacta because the pool is going to be huge. You can pick a bet for 2 bucks, 4 bucks, and cash in a big ticket. Well, let's hit it. I mean, let's let's absolutely hit it. And, and hopefully we hit disarm underneath our top choice, Angel of Empire. I think you got to throw – I mentioned it before. Might as well – I think you have to use Skinner underneath. I think you have to use the two verifying underneath. And I would throw the Mott Trainee rocket can underneath to go along with the the Japanese horse, one of the Japanese horses that did scratch in, Mandarin Hero, the 22, that uh, Monzo is going to be using underneath as well. So those are all your picks. Great stuff from Kenny. Uh, we'll be over all over social media. I know Bet Rivers is going to put a graphic up. We're going to be part of that. I'm looking forward to that. Make sure if you're listening to this podcast, you subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe and like. Subscribe and like. And Moose, it's just beginning. We have the Preakness in a few weeks. Oh, Elmonte in a few weeks. Saratoga, Del Mar, you name it. We're going to be going nuts. Betting the ponies. Let's hit some winners, buddy. Good luck, everybody. Enjoy Derby Day. Thanks for listening. Good luck, everybody. Thanks for listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network.